Welcome back to your haunted holiday. This is Lisa. And I'm Lindsay. And today we have another listener request from a place that we've been thinking about doing an episode on for quite some time. And Caitlin emailed us, and she's pretty new to, of course, Salem, Massachusetts, which, I mean, based on the history there, must be haunted, which we're going to talk about. But she talked about a couple different hotels in her email, and we decided to go with this one. But the other one that you sent us, Caitlin, is going to remain on our list of things to do in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I was excited to see this request. I think Salem is a place we've thought about because it's just kind of one of those notoriously, it's got that notorious story behind it, right? With the witch trials. So this works perfectly into our theme. It does. So this is your haunted holiday at the Hawthorne Hotel in Salem, Massachusetts. We do have an announcement to make, and I know that we were so disappointed we could not share a lot of our time, at least video and, and uh, photos, at the Velisca Axe Murder House. But we will be covering that very soon in our podcast. But we do want to still talk to you guys. We want to be able to interact a little bit more. And so we are going to do a, a Facebook Live event this Saturday. It will be September 12th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Lisa and I will be on Facebook Live for a little bit to interact and chat with you. Bring any questions you have about the show, our opinions on anything paranormal, what our favorite episodes are, you name it. Go ahead and throw the question in the chat and we'll answer as much as we can. We're excited to talk to you guys. So mark your calendars. Yeah, absolutely. I was so looking forward to the Velisca Axe Murder House live event and we had so many things planned for you guys. Like we yeah. had numerous camera angles that we had thought through. Like. We were so hyped up for it, and we'll we'll explain when we do our Velisca update in full what all happened there. But I will say we definitely got some activities, so keep a lookout for that episode as well. No doubt about it. Go to our webpage, yourhauntedholiday.com, and that will link you directly to our Facebook Live event if you want to go there and hit that you are going to, to let us know that you'll be there. Or you can just go to Facebook and find our page and like us and then um, find the event and follow it there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Lindsay, you ready to talk about the Hawthorne Hotel? I am. Okay. The Hawthorne Hotel, like I said, is, is located in Salem, Massachusetts. It was opened back in 1925, so well after the Salem Witch Trials, right? But of course the city of Salem has a notorious past. And, you know, this hotel is named after Nathaniel Hawthorne, who is the author that wrote Scarlet Letter and some other really famous books as well. You know, let's talk a little bit about the Salem Witch Trials, because I knew, of course, a little bit about it, right? right. Uh, I think most people know a little bit about the Salem Witch Trials, but I didn't know a ton about it. Like, I knew the gist, 
But the Salem witch trials happened all the way back in the 1600s. So it started in about the spring of 1692 and it went on for about a year uh, until 1693. And what caused this to happen? You know, a lot of people there were very religious. They had, you know, fears of different paranormal things, right? And so that can kind of cause, you know, you to act a little irrationally sometimes. And I guess that's how I would would describe a lot of this is just like this irrational mass hysteria. And it all stemmed from these two little girls who started kind of acting erratic. They were acting out. They were claiming to see spirits and having like bodies contorting and stuff like that. And they went to go see the doctor and the doctor made a diagnosis that they were bewitched and under an evil hand. <laughs> it's funny that a doctor diagnosed this. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess it's not really funny, but it's just bizarre, I guess I should say. I, it's crazy to think about that, you know, you take yeah. your kid to the doctor and their first thought is, oh, it's some they're evil bewitched. witch or something, you know, right. they're, they're bewitched. So, you know, word starts to get around town that this is happening to these two little girls and it starts to spread. And now other little kids are starting to experience similar symptoms, you know, their bodies contorting. They're having all this scary stuff happen, which I would imagine would be pretty darn frightening at the time, right? What? So their bodies really were contorting? That's what people say, yeah. I mean, they were claiming to see spirits um, and huh. just, you know, crazy stuff was happening to these little kids. And so it spread to an additional 12 kids throughout Salem. And eventually what happened is they ended up accusing three different women of witchcraft and causing them to act this way. And those three women were Osborne, Good, and Tatuba. And of course they're accused of this. And here's the thing, you know, you're being accused of witchcraft and it's really impossible to prove your innocence, right? Right. And so these were really religious people and they essentially said, if you just confess and you apologize and agree to never be involved in witchcraft again, and you implicate who you've been working with on this, this witchcraft, you will be saved. Mm. We will not execute you, right? And so now you got this difficult choice to make. Do right. I just save my own life and confess to something I didn't do? Meanwhile, I'm implicating other people. Right. And so at the time, like, honestly, like I would totally understand why somebody would do this. This is, you know, somebody's almost literally pointing a gun to your head. Right. Right. And so Tichaba decided that she was going to confess and she implicated the other two women in this uh, witchcraft with her. And of course, you know, they're like beating her and stuff like that, too. So oh, they're no. also kind of like torturing her. I mean, that's another factor here. So she decided to give a false confession and save herself, accuse others, right? And so the, she was saved. The other two women ended up being executed at the time. Well, this kind of turned into a snowball effect, right? Other people are getting accused. Their people are confessing and accusing other people just to save themselves. Mm -hmm. And so now, literally, it's gotten to the point where, like, anybody can be a target of being accused of witchcraft, right? Mm -hmm. Now, 
One thing is that there's there was never any real evidence that anybody was a witch, right? They, and they did all kinds of weird tests in order to determine if you were a witch. One of the things that I read, which I thought was, I mean, there's a lot of weird things that they did for tests, but one was is what they called witch cake, where they would have the victim who was, you know, having these symptoms of, you know, being under the spell of witchcraft, they would take their urine and bake a cake with it. Uh. And then what they would do is they would feed it to a dog. And if that dog started having the same symptoms, they would say, yes, you are a victim of witchcraft. And I guess, Lindsay, these people thought that dogs were somehow like linked to the devil. And so like they were kind of like untrusted creatures back then. What? Oh my gosh. Who doesn't like a dog? Like I, I, I don't trust them. I know. <laughs> we were just talking about this the other day, Lindsay. I was like, you know, if I was, you know, hanging out with somebody and they didn't like dogs, I'd be like, what is going on here? Yeah, that's difficult for me to, to understand. I just love them so much. But, you know, here's the other thing. You know, it's interesting because we think about this kind of thing and we, gosh, this mass hysteria and this kind of thing can't happen today. I mean, you know, here's the reality. We aren't necessarily more intelligent today. We have more information. We have access to a lot more information, right? But it's like this group think like even think about like the 90s, you know, you had the idea that cults were going around sacrificing children and and that kind of thing. And I'm pretty sure that was debunked. That was like an urban legend. And there was this hysteria. In fact, there were three men in uh, West Memphis that were accused and tried. And one was sentenced to death that oh, were right. completely innocent. And part of that was based off of a mass hysteria uh, decision because of a tragic event that occurred right and right. they were kind of looked at as outsiders right right the west memphis three they were looked at they were into like metal music and stuff mm -hmm. like that and it was really easy to point the finger at them and you know it's similar here right a lot of these people that were accused were outsiders you know one of the first right. women you know one of our husbands passed away, you know, tragic things happening to them. And then they attribute this to, well, you must be a witch. And the other thing, you know, that can make somebody a target during this time is if you disagreed with it. Okay. Mm. There was one woman in particular that was known for kind of standing up and being like, these trials are like really out of hand. We don't know that anybody's a witch. Like she was trying to be the voice of reason. And sure enough, she got accused of being a witch and she was put to death. And her own husband actually turned against her and also said, yep, she's a witch. Unbelievable. So family was turning against each other. You know, that's how crazy this situation was but it wasn't unique to your point Lindsay you know Salem is one of the more famous ones that happened right. in the United States but it happened throughout the United States the same kind of thing maybe not at this level but also in Europe you know it happened mm -hmm. before the Salem witch trials and after in Europe right so, this is, you know, a pretty common thing that was going on. Absolutely. I think, you know, you've got that group think mentality that happens, right? We are all susceptible to this, everyone. We're, nobody's impervious. And then, you know, you also have a tragic situation, something that people are trying to come up with an explanation for. And that leads down the path of what could turn into something terrible, something even more tragic as a result. 
Yeah, and I just can't even imagine being put in that situation. No, oh. unbelievable. Yeah, but like I said, it right. it could still happen today. I mean, nothing maybe like that, but similar types of right. things could happen. But I, but I mean, whether you were accused and just imprisoned or um, maybe even executed or one of the accusers, one of the families that, you know, kid is, is claiming these things, you know, there's a lot of emotion involved there, right? right. And that emotion is tied to that land now, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they say that that's a major reason, you know, for hauntings and stuff like that. So there's a lot of places in Salem that they think are haunted. Now, going back to the witch trials, one thing I thought was interesting, you know, in Europe, sometimes if somebody was accused of a witch, they would burn them at the stake. And I kind of thought that was like the practice for all of these types of witch trial things. But actually, the preferred method was hanging. Okay, so most of the people in the Salem witch trials were actually hung. There was one person, however, who was executed via a method called pressing, which I had never heard of before. Have you? No. So here's what they do. This is, I mean, it's all messed up, but this is really messed up. So basically they lay this guy on his back. They put like a board plank over his chest and they just proceed to like pile more and more weight on top of it until he like can't breathe essentially oh my gosh yes you know this is a theme in our show i tell you i talk about themes in our episodes all the time thank goodness we didn't live back then because although we're susceptible to crazy group think and stuff like that today we have a lot of systems in place where we probably won't be executed in that form Right. Like, unbelievable. Wow. And listen to this karma. This is insane. So the guy who was executed via pressing actually was the husband that turned on his wife. Oh, my gosh. So his wife got executed and after he turned on her and then somehow the public then started accusing him of the same thing and then he got executed via this pressing. Wow. That's crazy. That is also terrifying just the thought of very crazy not the way i'd like to go no now ultimately they say about 200 people were accused of witchcraft at the end of the day they say about 140 to 150 people were arrested for witchcraft and put in jail so even if they weren't executed there were really poor conditions you know um, the jails were overcrowded because they didn't have room for all these people this is you know, 150 people over a pretty short period of time in a small community with not a large jail situation with, you know, I think they're just feeding them like bread and water. Like it sucks. Okay. And then out of that 150, 14 women and six men were executed over the course of that year. Now, what ended up putting a halt to this? So the governor of Massachusetts at the time was just kind of like letting this go, like, okay, whatever, everybody seems to think this is a thing. Sure, you know, go for it. Mm -hmm. He found out that his wife was being accused of witchcraft. And as soon as he found that out, he was like, nope, we're putting an end to all of this. He stopped the executions. He let everybody out of jail and ended it right then and there. 
Right. Wow. Too bad he didn't do it sooner. But yeah, great. I, I know. Crazy, right? Well, the one thing I was wondering too is why were these kids like claiming to see spirits and you know, I know, doing these right? Crazy things. Were their bodies really contorting? I mean, I asked that earlier, but they like, think, that blows I, my mind. I think so. And one of the we don't really know the answer to this, but but one very common explanation that is out there: there is a certain type of fungus that is very common in that part of of the United States and I I don't have the name of it it was very hard to pronounce you know but it's a kind of fungus and essentially what happens like it can like seep into other plants like Mm -hmm. rye that people are making bread out of and stuff like that and then essentially poisons somebody and the effects are very similar where somebody is having like hallucinations and they're having seizures and that kind of thing and so people think today that these kids were probably impacted by this fungus that resulted in these symptoms interesting okay i figured there must be an explanation but i was going to wait for you to give it to me (laughs) yeah So we talked about the Salem witch trials and all the emotions and and crazy stuff that happened that this town is really, really known for. And today, this town is supposed to just be an adorable tourist town, okay? Mm. Like, it looks really cute. I saw some videos of it. There's, you know, like, witch-themed things all over the place. Like, it almost seems like a a small amusement park is how I would kind of describe it. I've never been there personally, but I I have always wanted to go there. I think it would be really cool. It's not that far from Boston either. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah, I've never been either. Now, the the land the hotel is built on is right in downtown Salem. So it's right next to everything that you want to see. There's like a museum like right across the street and that kind of stuff. But they say that the hotel is actually built on the land that was formerly owned by a woman named Bridget Bishop. And she was actually famous for being one of the first people executed during Mm. the Salem witch trials. And she had an apple orchard that they think is where this property has been stood up on. So we're going to come back to Bridget Bishop because, of course, spoiler alert, she's probably hot in this place, right? She was right to the apple orchard. (laughs) one thing that you will experience here I guess a lot and this is one of the more common things is the smell of apples you may just randomly like start smelling apples and apparently like I've read that there are no apples on their menus so like you're not gonna see you know or you're not gonna smell it coming from the kitchen or anything like that like they're conscious of it you know as one of those ghostly things that people are right look for see that's one of those experiences that I've never had a haunting smell you know like lavender or cigars or we've had a a few different examples on the show but um, that would be a cool one to to actually experience well and I think unless you're really looking for a specific smell it can be easy to not notice you know right that's true 
Unless I know I need to search for the smell of apples. Like, if I smelled apples, I'd just think, oh, that's weird. There's smell of apples here. You know what I mean? Like, somebody must be cooking something or, you know, whatever, right? That's why the history of these places is so important. And that's part of the point of the show, right? If you go to this place, we want to tell you what you're supposed to look for. Because if you're not looking for it, it can be easy to miss. Absolutely. Now, some of the places that you're going to want to check out if you go to this hotel, there is a library, like, down deep in the basement of this this place. And down here, there's all kinds of activity. There's footsteps. There's flickering lights. But they do say this is one of the more active places in the hotel. I was watching some videos on YouTube about this place, and I saw quite a lot of activity with EMF detectors where you know it was just going off and they had you know tested everything Lindsay they were like Mm -hmm. is it maybe my cell phone you know having this go off like they were even shocked by the amount of activity that was coming on that EMF detector down in that library which I thought was pretty cool the other thing that has happened down there as well as one of the banquet halls you know it's a big open space with tables And, you know, before events, workers go and they set it up and, you know, put the tables in whatever arrangement, you know, they need to for that particular event. And one of the workers had spent all this time setting up tables and chairs, leaves for a minute, comes back, and all of the tables have been moved and actually placed in almost like a pyramid on top of each other, like kind of stacked up. And apparently the worker, like, just legit quit right then. Was like, nope, see you later. I'm done. Right. I mean, I could see why that would be pretty terrifying. Because although it seems pretty innocent, you know, I immediately think of, like, who's haunting this place that is even interested in stacking these things up in a pyramid? (laughs) And why? Like, what would be their purpose? Just to mess with people, maybe. Maybe. You know what I mean? Oh, that's true. Maybe a poltergeist. Yeah, um, kind maybe of they're just trying to play tricks. Um, I don't think the spirits there are evil. I didn't read anything about any, you know, evil thing, you know, lurking around. But there does appear to be some activity like that um, going on in the, the hotel, which to me does say poltergeist if you're moving right. entire tables. Mm-hmm. There's also a tavern there, which is like their bar, and they also have food, so kind of a restaurant. And, you know, they say there's some activity in there as well. In particular, there's a table in the corner there where they will get some EMF and, you know, different things kind of happening that you might hear in that direction. The restaurant there called Nathaniel's also has what I would describe as like a nautical wheel like you know what a captain Mm -hmm. would use to steer a ship and that's hanging up in there and they say that it will turn on its own when you're in there so if you go to that restaurant definitely find that and see if you can get a table next to it so you can keep an eye on it but apparently people will like go up to it and stop it like make sure that it's steady and then it will just start back up again on its own interesting okay Now, there are some rooms that are more haunted than others, right? So fourth floor, they say, is very haunted, as well as the sixth floor. So the sixth floor has a couple different rooms with stories. Room 628, one of the more famous stories there, is there was a man staying there, and he had left his keys on the end table. He left for a few minutes, you know, maybe go get some food or something like that, comes back. 
the keys are gone and he's looking everywhere for them. What on earth would have happened to these keys? Then a few minutes later, they reappeared on the end table. So like they were gone and then replaced, which is super weird. Very strange. I can imagine that's like one of those random things where you're like, is that a ghost or did I just really like did my brain not work there for a moment? Right. Am I going (laughs) nuts? Like you would think that you're losing your mind or something, you know? Now, one room that they say is the most haunted room in the hotel is room 612. In this room, you're supposed to, you know, supposedly have a very uneasy feeling and the feeling of being watched in particular. Mm. They do say that in the sixth floor hallway as well, that they believe that Bridget Bishop is walking the halls at night. They don't know for sure that it's Bridget Bishop, but it is a woman that is wandering around the hallways and she will actually stop right in front of room 612 and stand there staring at the door and waiting for somebody to open it. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder, like, I don't know, it could be anybody, right? We like to think it's Bridget Bishop because that's someone we know of that owned land there before the hotel was built. My guesses though this is my opinion i could be way off but you know bridget owned the land she didn't ever see the hotel the hotel was built much after she died it's probably someone that stayed in the hotel or someone that worked in the hotel that's haunting it today would be my guess it could be and you know the sixth floor in general there's a lot of activity up there so if you want to see an apparition here that's probably going to be your best bet but there are, you know, housekeepers that will refuse to clean on the sixth floor. Let's say, no, I, I, I'm not willing to do that, which is a common thing at some of these places, right? Absolutely. Um, but I think it's important to know where do they not want to clean? Because that's probably <laughs> the room I want to stay in. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Now, another room that you are going to want to think about staying in is room 325. Now, in this room, the lights are supposed to turn on and off by themselves, as well as the faucet in the in the bathroom will turn on and off as well. And the other thing that you might hear is a baby crying from time to time, as well as you will get like poked in your sleep, and particularly at the foot of the bed, it will feel like somebody is sitting there and like tickling your toes okay yeah i'm a i'm adverse to that (laughs) (laughs) totally now uh one of the the stories that came out of this room that i thought was interesting so this room is set up a little bit differently room 325 so there's essentially like two adjoining bedrooms that are split by a bathroom so like the bathroom kind of adjoins both rooms so if you stay in room 325 you should have plenty of room for you know a decent sized group of people because there's two bedrooms and one bath so there was a businessman staying there and he was staying in the one room and nobody was occupying the the adjoining room there and he went down to the staff the next day and was like you're gonna have to change rooms for me because all night or kick whoever is in the adjoining room out because all night you know the sink was running the lights were turning on i was hearing noises in that (laughs) other room and I, I really need to have my own bathroom in my own room. Like, this is unacceptable. And apparently the staff was like, well, that's actually adjoining to your room. There's nobody else staying there in that room. 
and they actually took him up and was like look the bed's made like nobody's here <laughs> That's you know awesome yeah yeah so, so there's did, a lot of activity like that did he move to another room do you know or did he stay there for the rest of his stay i'm not sure but i would guess he moved to a different room i mean All right, so the Hawthorne Hotel, like I said, is right in downtown Salem. It is in a really cute town. I'm telling you, this looks like a really cool place to go for like a weekend trip kind of thing. The hotel itself looks really nice. I mean, it was built in 1925, but you know, it looks updated. It looks very comfortable. This is definitely a place where, you know, you're gonna probably wanna stay if you go to Salem because it's right there next to everything. And it looks comfortable. And Lindsay, the prices, I think, are kind of reasonable. I love that. Yeah. So the lowest priced room that you could get there that would just kind of be like your standard, like, king room is right around 150 bucks. Okay. I mean, it is a little bit pricey, but that's more like, you know, tourist location kind of prices. That's that's not outrageous by any it's, means. Exactly. It's not outrageous. It's in right of the heart of where you want to go if you're going right. on a family trip. And it's nice. It's comfortable. You know, it's a nice place. They have good restaurants there. They have a good bar there. Like, it's a historic hotel. This is no Holiday Inn Express, right? So it's going to be a little more expensive. Nothing against Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> oh, no. Nothing against them. But it's a different experience, right? So $149 a night is going to be your lowest price. And then it ranges up to about $215. So I didn't see anything that was like astronomically expensive, you know, that you wouldn't be able to afford for the most part. Yeah, it sounds like a great, like kind of cool old historic building that's got enough updates to make sure that you really have a comfortable stay that's reasonably priced. Nothing too crazy. Of course. And the hotel itself does not have a ghost tour that I saw, but you know Salem's got ghost tours and history tours and just endless things like that. So if you're going to stay there, I'm confident that if you go on a ghost tour, they're probably going to tell you some stories about the Hawthorne Hotel because it is known for this. I mean, if you just Google haunted Hawthorne Hotel, you're going to find endless information and links about it. So I feel like some local ghost tours are pretty likely going to stop at your location and give you some some stuff. Absolutely. Okay, guys. So that place sounds great. I would love to stay there. I've never been to Salem, wanted to go. I'm into history, stuff like that. It sounds like gruesome history, but very typical of haunted places, right? But sounds like a great place. We've got to make a trip out there sometime. Absolutely. Okay. So we're into the final segment of the show where we read like a listener email, ghost story, a review. This week, I'm going to read some reviews. I've got a few new ones um, for you guys that I just so much appreciate i just i we really appreciate the reviews um we read all of them so one of them says you know i love the spin on this show i often listen to other paranormal podcasts and find myself wondering about lodging at or near haunted places i love that these hosts take extra steps to include stuff like hotel rates menu options cost of tours etc we can't travel now but when we can this show will definitely be my own personal guidebook Thank you so much. And this is from like with a username, K Saints. This is on Apple Podcasts. So thank you so much. 
that means a lot because that's really our goal. You know, we, we love the paranormal and we want to provide you guys like kind of interesting paranormal tidbits, but we want to encourage you guys when we can, at least safely travel to some of these places and give you some of the details on, yeah. on and how to when, do so. And when you do email us and let us know how it went, cause we would love to hear an update on that. Absolutely. I was just talking to a listener on uh, via email and he and his wife are going to Deadwood. They're going to stay at the Bullock Hotel, which we have stayed at. And we will have an episode coming up at some point about that, probably close to Halloween time. And so I was giving him the details <laughs> essentially of what rooms to stay in and that kind of thing. So please let us know. Hopefully he gets back to us, but tell us your ghost stories. We'd love to read your emails on the air. All right. So if you guys want to email us, reach out to us like Caitlin did in order to make this great recommendation for the show, you can go to our website, yourhauntedholiday.com and click contact us. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and message us from any of those locations. We are pretty responsive. Um, So send us your recommendations, your ghost stories, and make sure to give us a five-star review if you're enjoying the show. All right. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and safe, everybody.